This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, your essential source for high-quality vitamins, sports nutrition, and more. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you again for joining me this week, and happy Father's Day weekend to all the amazing dads out there. The weather is improving, and all the outdoor activities are getting started and ramping up, and I know for sure that all the dads will be golfing, tennis, playing tennis, swimming, and becoming uh, more active. So this weekend is dedicated to talking about shoulder injuries and how to treat them. Um, But before we get into the details of the types of injuries that can occur to the shoulders, I thought I would remind listeners about how important it is to prepare your body prior to any physical activity in order to avoid injury. And I see this all the time in my own practice. You know, I like to call you guys and you women out there the weekend warriors, where you get out there, you get so excited, you go and play all the sports that you've missed, particularly golf. I find that that's a big one. And you spend lots of time doing it, but you haven't really prepared your body post-hibernation mode, because that's what I do in the winter. I hibernate. Um So you need to prepare your body. And before any activity or sport, it's really important to warm up your body. It doesn't have to be complicated. You literally have to stretch, get the blood flowing, be properly hydrated, and this way you'll avoid injuring a tendon, a muscle, and your joints overall. You need to be properly warmed up. And this is key because you'll avoid those injuries that are going to bring you into my office that are going to debilitate you for, you know, weeks to come and are going to prevent you from enjoying those activities later on in the summer. So stretching regularly, if you know me and if you're my patient and if you're not my patient, you will quickly learn that stretching to me is vital. I stretch every single day and it doesn't have to be difficult stretching. I have about 12 stretches that I do daily and recommend so that this way you can keep all the big muscle groups ready and prepared. So what happens when you're not stretched? Because everybody asks me this question, why is it important? It's important because muscles are attached to tendons and ligaments, which are attached to bone. If your muscles are not loose, you will apply extra pressure to tendons and ligaments. And guess what? Those tendons and ligaments can get strained and sprained. And that becomes a problem because then your muscle can't function, operate properly. The point of having muscles and the, and the job of the muscle is to be able to flex a joint or bend a joint. So knees, elbows, toes, fingers, all of those things. If you are in capable of doing that, then you will cause injury. Okay. So the most important thing is stretch. You want to stretch as we discussed, you also want to make sure that you're properly hydrated. If your muscles are not properly hydrated, they can't perform a full range of their motion. This is extremely important and I can't emphasize it enough. So there are a few things that I do in preparation for it. So I'm hydrating for a couple of days beforehand. In fact, I'm always hydrating. I think drinking water every day is vitally important, but drinking it the day prior to your activity especially if you're golfing 18 holes and the sun is blaring down on you and it's a glorious day, you want to make sure that you're hydrated. Um, If you feel that you're exercising or you're walking and you're feeling like you're tightening up, take a couple of minutes during your activity, whatever that may be, to do a few simple stretches. They don't have to take more than 10 seconds as long as you're stretching through the full range of the muscle. Injuries do happen, whether you've stretched or not. It could be a a movement that you do that your body isn't quite prepared for, or maybe you've overextended it. So injuries do happen. This is not going to prevent 
you know, 100% injury from happening, but you want to be prepared to know what to do if injury does occur. So if you feel pain while exercising or after you've you know, performed a particular movement, stop immediately and see how you feel after you've completed that exercise. Look to the area that feels injured. Look for bruising, look for swelling, look for difficulty moving that part because sometimes it takes a few minutes for inflammation to set in. And if that happens and you stop immediately and you ice the area. So if injury does happen, there are things you can do. This week on the show, we're going to talk about how to deal with shoulder injuries and and why it's important to take care of them properly. So when we come back, shoulder injuries and how to avoid them. This is the Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 105.9 The Region or email us info at 1059theregion.com. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. I'm Dr. Claudia, and back on the show this week are Dr. Abueli and Dr. Galliardi. They are going to tell us all about shoulder injuries and their treatment options. It's always a pleasure to have you both because you're both a wealth of information and knowledge, and you're so helpful at keeping all the listeners and patients feeling really good and feeling like they're at their best uh, optimal health. So... Talking about rotator cuff injuries, first of all, if you could just tell patients, Dr. Abuali, what is a rotator cuff injury and maybe what is the rotator cuff? Sure. So the rotator cuff is a cuff of muscles that surrounds the shoulder from front to back. It's a a group of four muscles. And, um, you know, a rotator cuff injury can be uh, injury to any one of those four muscles, whether it's uh, strain, acute inflammation, all the way up to a full tear of those muscles. And so what are some of the injuries that you see in the rotator cuff? Um, so it really is a spectrum. You know, some people have acute injuries where it can um, be from a fall or, um, you know, a bad, a bad swing, for example, and you can tear some of the muscle in the shoulder. And then there's the other spectrum where it's just repetitive micro injuries that lead to chronic inflammation and pain. So we see the whole kind of gamut of, of injuries. And now, Dr. Galliardi, in your practice, you obviously see a lot of like shoulder injuries and rotator cuff yeah. injuries. What are the most common ones that you see? Well, most of the stuff I see are just from simple sprain strain uh, to uh, tendonitis uh, to both partial and complete tears. Um, it's a, we, we see that uh, is a misconception that chiropractors only treat, uh, treat the spine. However, we're well educated uh, in terms of extremities, in terms of treating shoulder, knee, uh, ankles. So we go beyond just the spine. Uh, and it's just, I, I see that I, I, I tend in the last two or three months, I've seen quite a bit of shoulder injuries and uh, particularly people uh, with uh, partial and complete tears as opposed to uh, just simple sprain strain. I'm assuming most of this is coming because a lot of people are getting back outdoors into routine, trying to start to, you know, shed some of that COVID weight uh, <laughs> that uh, that we've all put on. And so, what? Okay, if you're dealing with a tendon, Dr. Abrali, what would be the? How would you know that a tendon is torn? And is there one that is most commonly torn? Yeah. So, of the four muscles that I've mentioned, one of them is known as the supraspinatus, and this is the most commonly torn muscle 
of the rotator cuff. Um, some of the classic symptoms of a, of a tear would be that you have pain uh, with certain activities such as reaching overhead or reaching out for objects that have a bit of weight and you feel pain around the shoulder, especially on the side of the shoulder. And one of the more worrisome, more important features is if you have pain at night when you're sleeping, especially if it wakes you up or you have to turn away from that, that shoulder and sleep on the other side if you're a side sleeper. This can be an important uh, symptom that we would want to investigate further. Yeah, I find uh, it sort of rotator cuff tears uh, get sometimes uh, sort of misdiagnosed with people having, uh, I got a lot of people sort of coming back saying, I think I got a pitch nerve in my neck because sometimes you see the classic referral pattern into the shoulder and down the arm. However, there's slight differences in that uh, with a pinch nerve, uh, you get tingling numbness into the fingers where, uh, like Dr. Abuali said, uh, the, the classic signs I see is usually pain going down to the side of the lateral part of the arm uh, where, you know, people would get a, a booster shot or a flu shot. And so if that muscle, if that tendon is torn, what would be the best way to diagnose that it's torn? It's hard to palpate it. I mean, you would know that there's point tenderness, but what would be the best way to diagnose uh, the tear, just for, just for listeners to understand? So I think it's important to know where the patient is feeling the pain. So as Dr. Gallagher mentioned, it's quite commonly on the lateral side of the shoulder and maybe radiating down a little bit. Uh, so that's important to know where the location is. And then in terms of a physical exam, I would do a lot of strength testing to test those four muscles of the rotator cuff. And often um, there's a weakness or pain associated with resistance, resistance testing where I'm testing the, the patient's strength. And that is usually a sign that there may be damage to the rotator cuff. Dr. Abuwali, uh, do, you, do you refer out for ultrasounds also to help or uh, MRIs uh, ideal? An ultrasound is a good starting point. It's quicker and easier to get, and they can help screen for any rotator cuff injuries or tears. And if there is a full or partial thickness tear, I may consider getting an MRI to determine a little bit more of how large that tear is, what's the quality of the tissue, and ultimately to see if they need surgery or not. And so, you know, we, by the time patients get to our office, usually they've been dealing with this pain for quite some time. So what happens if somebody ignores the symptoms? Like how bad can it turn out for that patient? I think it's, if it's the first time they've really dealt with any shoulder pain and naturally we all want to see if things will get better with time. That is reasonable. Um, but if this is something that has become recurrent or lasting more than a couple of months where it's interfering, interfering with your daily functions or your ability to sleep, that's something that you shouldn't ignore. Um, most importantly, because we have very good treatment that can help that patient respond and have a better outcome. Um, but the second thing is that these tears can get larger with time. Um, if there's repetitive injuries or if it's been a long time of waiting and watching and they're not getting better, uh, these tears can expand, and it's something that we wouldn't want to happen uh, if we could treat it a little bit sooner. And so let's explain the difference between a partial and a full thickness tear, because sometimes there's confusion, and, and that can mean one thing over the other, and that could change how a person gets that injury treated, correct? Yes, that's correct. So the, the tendons of the rotator cuff have multiple layers, and so it is a thick tendon, uh, from top to bottom, and a partial tear can just be a few of those fibers that are torn 
either on the top side or the bottom side or sometimes right in the middle. Uh, but the majority of the tendon can still be intact. And if the majority of the tendon is intact, you can still have very good function of that muscle tendon unit. Um, whereas a full thickness tear is when all the muscle fibers, all the tendon fibers have detached from the shoulder bone, the humerus, and that usually presents with a little bit more weakness, a little bit more pain, and a little bit diff- more difficulty trying to rehab or recover from that injury. Now, Dr. Abouazi, do you find that people who have complete tears as opposed to partial tears, um, the pain is different or more intense? Uh, for example, someone like me, uh, I can't take pain at all. So, <laughs> so whether it's partial or torn, it's just a sprain-strain injury makes me cringe. But, but uh, do you find, because I get some patients that come in that have just uh, uh, complete tears that have very little pain, and those that come in with partial tears that are just like very uh, going through the roof. Yeah, that's an excellent point. So what we find on an, on an ultrasound or an MRI doesn't always correlate with someone's pain or their function. Uh, so partial rotator cuff tear can be very painful and a full thickness tear can sometimes be less problematic for the patient, which is the opposite of what you might think. And that really has to do a lot with the amount of acute inflammation that's present within the shoulder. Um, so if the acute partial tear just happened, it may be more painful. Um, and the second important thing is how is the rest of that patient's um, muscle strength and tone and flexibility if they have very good um, ways of coping uh, because the, the rest of their shoulder girdle and chest wall is in good shape and they have excellent strength, then they, if even a full tear may not bother them or cause them much disability. Um, but if someone is generally in poorer shape or condition, a small partial tear may cause a lot more more grief for that patient. And at what point would you say that surgery is necessary to heal that ligament? So for almost every rotator cuff tear, whether it's a full thickness or partial tear, I would always attempt a course of rehabilitation. Uh, so someone to see their physio or their chiro for three months of mobility work, uh, strengthening of their rotator cuff and making sure their scapula uh, has very good posturing, and only then if they still have functional problems where it's hard for them to perform activities or they can't sleep or do their job, then we start to think about surgery, especially if it's a full thickness tear. Those are the ones that I tend to fix the most. Yeah, I see in, in our practice uh, what we do is usually focus on modalities like IFC, laser, ultrasound, shockwave is, is a big uh, component of that. Uh, then we move on to restoring range of motion. Uh, then we uh, sort of, all these sort of bring down inflammation. Then we get into strengthening band exercises. And one thing that we've actually referred out to Dr. Abuali, which, by the way, most of my patients uh, sort of uh, speak very highly of this, <laughs> is PRP. Uh, the, the patients that uh, I've sent you in the, fa- in the past two or three months have been very uh, benefited and responded greatly to that. So... Uh, maybe it's something that you want to el- elaborate with uh, exactly what PRP is? Yes, absolutely. So PRP stands for platelet-rich plasma, and it's an injection we can do uh, which um, utilizes the patient's own blood. Uh, so we take a sample of the patient's own blood and then spin it in a centrifuge, which helps us purify the blood and extract the platelets and the growth factors from that blood sample. Then we're able to inject that using ultrasound guidance into the rotator cuff or the tendon injury, 
which will help accelerate uh, healing of the tissue and bring down some of the inflammation, especially in the chronic setting that is causing their pain. Uh, so it's a, it's a wonderful adjunct that I've used uh, for a long time uh, to help patients either avoid surgery or if they have had surgery, it will enhance their recovery. Yeah, that's really good to know. We I'd like to advocate a lot for the PRP because it's a great way of helping and healing and, and facilitating and getting moving along more quickly. But in the event that somebody does need surgery, um, what what is the recovery time? Like, what is that involved? And is there a long period where they're immobilized and can't do anything? I think a lot of people would have that question and be curious about it. Right. So it's important after most surgeries that we protect what we repaired uh, so you typically I will keep someone in a shoulder immobilizer or a sling for about four to six weeks after surgery. Um, now, during that time, they are working on some gentle mobility work, things we call pendulum exercises or, or passive range of motion with their therapist. Um, so they're getting a lot of stretching to keep the joint limber. And once there's been enough time for the tendon to heal back to bone, which is around six to eight weeks, we can start to work on more strength and endurance. Uh, with some band work and then eventually free weight. I would assume just to, to help uh, just avoid getting to that point, stretching is, is a big component of uh, your daily activities. Uh, we definitely want don't want to get to the point where you require uh, that kind of extensive rehab. So, Yeah, absolutely. Like being in tune with your body, listening to the symptoms. If you're starting to feel like there's a muscle or a joint. And this is what I advocate to all of my patients, males and females, you have to listen to your body. So although being active and exercising is really important, we have to know when we're creating something or, or at the beginning of maybe some tendinitis or some inflammation in a joint, you really do have to be aware of that so that this way we can avoid it. But in the event that we can't, there are things that we can do. So if, let's say, Dr. Geller, you have a patient who comes in and has um, a, a partial tear, what would be some of the things that you would start with? Yeah, we would start to just bring down, help bring down the inflammation. And so uh, definitely focus on uh, modalities, uh, like I said prior, uh, some laser, IFC, uh, ultrasound. Uh, then we would go into uh, some icing as well uh, and then move on to, uh, as they start to heal and respond to that, uh, some mobilization, a bit of range of motion, uh, and then we would get them on a uh, exercise routine with some of our physiotherapists in terms of strengthening through band exercises, some internal external rotation exercises just to reestablish strength. And so with this pandemic, Dr. Abuwali, have you been able to perform surgeries or have there been delays? Early on in uh, the beginning of the pandemic, uh, our hospital and most hospitals did um, shut down elective surgeries uh, so that we'd have more resources available to take care, to care of patients who had COVID um, or emergency surgeries only. So uh, there was a period of shutdown for about four or five months, uh, but slowly we re reopened up as things have stabilized. Um, and, you know, we're, we're still hopeful that we can do more because there's been such a a large backlog of all these patients who have required surgery, but weren't able to get to it because of the hospital closures. Uh, so we still have a lot of work to do to catch up, but fortunately, uh, we've been able to operate over the past several months. Thank God. And one quick question, Dr. Abuali, when it comes to uh, partial tears and uh, complete tears, uh, 
if you have a partial tear, um, is there any way that, uh, I'm not sure if any studies have been done, where you can actually surgically go in, sever the actual tendon, and then actually reattach everything? Yeah, so that, that is one of the options, um, which always scares patients a little bit when I tell them I have to make things worse before I make it better. Sure. Uh, but for certain partial tears, where patients haven't responded to time and therapy or injections, and they still have debilitating pain, there is a, a partial rotator cuff tear that can be done, but that does involve often uh, completing the tear, making it a full tear, uh, and then repairing back the healthy tissue. Uh, so it's in a way restarting or resetting the rotator cuff, um, and, and it will be a long recovery for that procedure, even, even though it only started off as a partial tear. Essentially, we've had to make it a full tear, so it, it ends up being just as long as recovery as if I repaired a full tear from the beginning. Oh, interesting. And now, my, the, the one question that I get all the time, is there a certain age where you just opt not to do surgery on a tear in the shoulder in a rotator cuff? Uh, I mean, I, I think if we're getting to someone who's a bit elderly, uh, we tend not to fix those rotator cuff tears as much. And it's not just because they're older, um, but it's rather it's the, it's the quality of the muscle tissue um, when, a, when a muscle has been torn for a long time, it can actually shrink and turn into fat. That process is called atrophy. So if there has been too much atrophy of the rotator cuff muscle, it's essentially impossible to repair it uh, because the tissue is just not strong enough to hold uh, the stitches or the sutures that we're going to place in the shoulder. Uh, so it's not as much the specific age, uh, but we do know that the older you get, the more likely you're, you are to have some atrophy of the muscles, which makes it uh, not possible to repair. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you as always. It's, you're always so informative. If listeners want to reach out to you or learn more about you, how can they do that? Um, so they can log on to my website, which is www.torontosportsdoc.com, or they can follow me or message me on Instagram at torontosportsdoc. And Dr. Galliardi. You can reach us at www.chrehab.ca and or on Instagram at chrehab or the Center for Health and Rehab. Excellent. And I'm Dr. Claudia, and you can find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Machiella or my website, ClaudiaMachiella.com. That's our show for this week. For previous broadcasts of The Wellness Prescription, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thank you for listening. The Wellness Prescription was brought to you by Healthy Planet, serving you safely in-store, curbside, or online at HealthyPlanetCanada.com. 